I love coaching leaders and executives because if we do well and we support them in a way that lands well with them, the ripple effect can be huge. It can be huge for all the people reporting them, the people on their lives. It's really this top-down approach of like getting the best version of themselves to permeate the whole business. And that's really important. Welcome to Elevated Thinking, a podcast from your friends at Avion Consulting. Today, we have a conversation with Avion's newest principal consultant, Andy Pascal. He tells us about the first part of his career working as a sales leader in the tech industry and how at some point he realized he needed a change and he discovered coaching as his true calling. He tells us about how he made the transition and how it continues to fuel and motivate him to this day. Without further ado, here is our conversation with Andy. We're really excited today to have Avion's uh, newest joiner, new principal at Avion Consulting, Andy Pascal. Andy, welcome. Good to have you. Great to be here. And of course, I've got my uh, partner in crime, Nazma. Hey, everyone. So, Andy, what's been the the most pleasant surprise so far? Well, not to to flatter the host, but it's been the people. Um, you know, for me, like, look, you know, I got to know you a little bit when I was doing some work as an affiliate or a contractor over the last eight months um, and really got a, a sense of the the, the people uh, that were here who were welcoming and smart and high EQ and um, all the things that I would want my day to day with colleagues and friends and humans in general. And so that's been reinforced since I came on board full time. Um, everybody is is a pleasure to to work with so far. And I'm, I'm inclined to think that will continue. Andy, so great to have you with us and loving having you at Avion. It's always fantastic to see as we grow the really great, cool people that we're bringing in to, you know, sort of supplement the great folks that we already have. Um, so tell us a little bit about what led you to joining us. I mean, we think we're great, uh, obviously, um, but it would be interesting to hear as someone who was out on their own, as actually I was before joining. Um, but what was the thing that sort of connected you towards, you know, this is this is interesting and a place I feel like I can call home? Yeah. And I think Nazma, just having been on your own and having your own practice, a lot of this will probably land with you. And, and I'm sure parts fit for you too, Donovan. I, when I started my coaching practice in earnest three plus years ago, it was really a second act for me. So I spent the first part of my career, and this will dive in a little bit about career trajectory, um, doing sales and business development at tech companies, and then really switched gears in earnest about four years ago and found my way to coaching and launched my own practice and got certifications. And that period of growth the last few years overlapping with COVID, which presented its own sort of challenges and opportunities during which, you know, everything went to Zoom. And while I, you know, fell in love with the craft of coaching and and being in this world and and everything that went with it, the one-to-one, and then I start to do one-to-many. I think for me, one of the things that I after a couple of years I really started to miss was colleagues, coworkers, and and people to really bounce ideas off and to have that support and um, have a feedback loop. I mean, as much as I think that I have a solid feedback loop in my head, it was just uh, not enough. And so I was fortunate enough when I was doing you know a variety of different works. I got introduced to Sasha and originally via um, another affiliate, and we hit it off and got to do an initial project and then um, another one. And I 
sort of to my point earlier, just really understood the vibe, I think, of Avion. And it really landed with me in terms of the ethos and the balance and the quality of people that were drawn there. And like most things, it came down to a feel. And so when I had the opportunity to come on as a principal recently, it was almost a no-brainer. I had been looking for the next chapter in my coaching journey. I think I had had um, some solid success with being on my own and building a network and deploying coaching in many different ways and um, a real fun roster of clients. And I was like, okay, it's time for the next adventure. And uh, I'm really fortunate that Avion came along when it did. I, I'm one of those people that believe things happen for a reason. So the universe presents an opportunity and I jumped on it and here we are. I love that. So Nazma has a, a saying, which is, I think we all agree with, which is uh, nobody says I want to be a coach when I grow up, right? We kind of come to it. So I think you have a very interesting backstory and I can't wait to hear more about it, but I want to take you way back. Andy, where did you, uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up right outside Boston in uh, a city called Newton. It's about seven minutes from uh, seven miles or seven minutes, whatever, from downtown Boston, not actually far from where Nazma lives now. Um, so grew up there and uh, went through high school there. What did the people who raised you do? What um, What is your sort of like, what was your family like? So both folks and, and an older brother, that was the four of us, um, you know, relatively, I don't know what a standard upbringing is. You know, we, um, my folks were both hardworking people, definitely both very career driven. So my dad was I was, is, more was now an attorney when I was growing up. So worked pretty hard, did the corporate law thing. So pretty demanding. Um, my mom, she started as a professor at a small college in the area and then transitioned out of that to um, to healthcare, went back, got like her second master's in healthcare. She already had sort of an MBA, which was cool. She She got it back in, you know, the 70s when it really wasn't a popular thing, I think, for women. Um, so she was, she was pretty hard-charging, professional as well. And then um, she went to some banks and did healthcare policy there. And then she became a professor teaching healthcare. And, you know, then my dad sort of later down the line left law and got into some other stuff. And um, I sort of had a blueprint, maybe unknowingly, about the it's okay to switch it up. Even if it's not entirely different than what you're doing, there was an appetite that if it's not working anymore and it's not fulfilling anymore, find a way to switch it up. And so I sort of I digested that a lot, but they worked really hard. There was a lot of uh, emphasis, I think, on, for better or worse, on career. And interestingly, while you're from the Newton area, you're living in my hometown in New York. So we've kind of right. flipped a little bit here. Um, but what led you to New York? And would you come back to Massachusetts or is New York home for you, for, at least for now? Uh, I'm not going to come back to Massachusetts. I'll answer that one first. Uh, I love New York. We live in Brooklyn. We've been in New York about 16 years uh, at this point. I have two kids, eight and four. And uh, we're pretty committed, I think, to going the distance here, which is not sort of how I set out to do it um, when I came to New York. So after high school, I went to University of Michigan, was an English major. So as as the old truck goes, qualified for everything and nothing all at once. <laughs> Made my way to D.C. for a year, 
worked at a nonprofit and then just sort of realized DC wasn't really wasn't the place for me. And I went out west to San Francisco without a job and found my way out there and ultimately found my way into the tech landscape out there uh, as a salesperson. I spent a few years out there and then moved to New York in 07, thinking I would be there for a couple of years. Always wanted to, for a lot of friends were there. Was living in the East Village, still single, enjoying life. And then, you know, one year passes, another year passes, and it's still fun and it's still fun. And then, you know, you get together with somebody and it's still fun and you're living a different version of New York. And and you move across the river to Brooklyn and you're living that version of New York. And the, I see Donovan smiling because he knows. And then uh, one kid, two kids, and suddenly it's, yeah, you've been here a long time and this is your life. And it's pretty awesome. I, it, it really it really fills my cup in in every way. So um, I'm sorry, Nazma. I, I won't be making my way back to Mass, but you're always welcome to come visit your hometown. I'd love to see you. Now, I, I can certainly appreciate that. I love New York. I mean, you know, it's it's where I'm from, right? Um, and I've also, it's similarly, we're going to have to talk off offline at some point about the fact that I also lived in the D.C. area area and the San Francisco area too. So yeah. one of us was sort of following the other mm-hmm. until we actually connected. But I love how you mentioned, you know, different versions of New York, right? It, it is what you what you make of it. And there's so many different opportunities there, which actually leads me back to a comment you made um, related to your upbringing, which was around, you know, fulfillment. Um, and what what sort of fills that bucket for you now? Where, where do you find that fulfillment? It's a great question. I I find fulfillment in a lot of areas. I think for me, I've always found fulfillment in relationships, right? So I've always been more extroverted, very uh, much putting a premium on friendships and investing in friendships and and sort of building new relationships. Um, but family is is core to that. Certainly, um, friends that become family. But I love meeting new people. Like I'm a curious person, and like humans are what what interests me. And the stuff that I loved doing at the office was all human related. It was like going around the office and chatting with people and connecting and see how they're doing, see what's going on in their personal life, and and helping manage teams and you know and mentoring people that were younger. Like all human connected stuff. Like I was the guy having five or six coffees a week with friends helping them with their careers. And so I was kind of doing the coaching, mentoring uh, thing informally, like my whole life. Like, I guess my original taste of it was really when I was a camp counselor up in New Hampshire, which still one of my favorite jobs of all time, but that's who I am. And and to be honest with you, um, I didn't think I could make a paid career out of it as I got older. And um, I had to, because because what, what I was sort of the path I was on professionally was just it had a ceiling um, in in what I consider the most important ways for me. And and since I switched over full time to coaching, I now get fulfillment in every area of my life, and that's a shift. Whereas I could only get it in certain areas of my life before. I love that, and I think it it rhymes so much with. I don't know about you, Nazma, I don't want to speak for you, but certainly my experience as well. So I, I love to hear it. It sounds like you moved from a pretty stable career to something where there was a little more of the unknown. And it sounds like that was driven by passion, which is wonderful. But how did you kind of think through that change, that process for yourself? Like what were some of the things that you had to tackle or that you encountered in making that transition? It's a great question and, and a fun one to talk about. The way I explain it to people that I work with 
um, one-on-one coaching or have to date is that I believe that everybody has this inflection point and where the status quo is way more scary than the unknown, right? You've been doing something for a while. And for me, I had just been doing this thing and I would maybe switch companies and that would help for six months, but it really was just trying to fix things, fix things, quote unquote, on the margin. Um, but really it was holistically just not how I was supposed to be spending my time. And I knew it and I knew it and I knew it for a long time. And the universe will keep throwing you lessons until you learn your lessons. And say, hey, here we go again. And so my, I hit this inflection point. I was like, I don't know what's next. I really don't, but this, this isn't it. This isn't it. And so it's time to move forward in earnest. And for me, and like many, uh, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to have invested X amount of time in something. You may not love it, but it's comfortable and it's familiar and it provides sort of X amount of stability, depending on what what you deem that to be. My journey began sort of mid-2019. I left my last post at a startup I was at. I took some time, you know, fortunate enough to be able to take some, some real time off and explore a bit and spend the summer with the kids and and really be available. And then the fall hit and I got that sort of, okay, well, the the runway ain't forever. And I got a, I started interviewing for other jobs again at companies and I would get to these final round interviews and I, I would like get like sick to my stomach, like mm-hmm. a visceral feeling, a pit. And I pull out, I pull out of the final rounds. I was like, I can't do this. And fortunately, I got hooked up with a friend of my brother's, who's, who's also now a dear friend of mine, who had done a retreat who, for different reasons. He said, hey, he's like, look, it sounds like you are stuck from what I can hear. So yeah, I think I'm feeling pretty stuck. And so he turned me on to this retreat, which turned out to be very impactful and transformational for me and ultimately led me to a um, a path towards coaching, which I never thought was, I, I'd heard about it, exec coaching, this and this, but I was like, I don't, what do you do? <laughs> but coming out of it, I was like, this is me. Like, this is who I am. This is genuinely who I am. This is a thousand percent Andy. This is how I want to spend my time. This is where I get joy. This is where I get energy. And I made my way there. And, um, you know, I enrolled in an ICF program and then COVID hit and it got delayed, but I was like, I'm going to just start getting reps. So I sent out an email to 300 people in my universe. And I said, hey, you all know me in some capacity. This is who I am. I'll start with a few pro bono people. If you know anybody that wants some support. And it was crazy. It was COVID. I had two young kids at home in the apartment, no school. You all remember it was it was a challenge on so many levels. And so whatever free time I had during the week, which was minimal at the time, I started with three pro bono clients and Actually, a couple of couple of them are still clients today, which is kind of fun. And they get the super OG rates, but um I it's it's snowballed. It snowballed. And I started and that became, you know, paid and then did a lot of one-to-one. I had suddenly had this really huge roster of clients and I was loving it and people were getting a lot of value out of it. And then I sort of was like, okay, what's the next thing? Well, I like you know, the one-to-many stuff. And I got involved with some trainings and facilitations. And, you know, then three years later, it was, it was just my thing. It was quite a journey. I love that that story so much. It reminded me of a moment from my life a little bit, a few years before COVID, where I, I think I was in the midst of getting my coaching uh, certification through Columbia and was on a vacation with my family in Mendocino, California, which if you've ever been there, it's just incredible. It's summertime, 
And we were, we had had a really, you know, when you go on vacation with kids and family, it's let's say a 50, 50 proposition about how like relaxing and amazing is going to be. This was a good one. We were having such a good time. And at one point I was giving my daughter a shoulder ride back from the beach, like walking back up the beach next to a river where the river met the ocean. It was just beautiful. And I was thinking in my own head, not out loud. I was just thinking, I love this lifestyle so much. I want more flexibility in my life. I love coaching. How do I make a career out of this? Is it even something that, is it a risk I'm willing to take because I had a pretty good job and career trajectory? And I'm just thinking all these things. And my daughter inexplicably just leans into my ear and goes, I think you should do it. I'm not a, like a, a particularly, sorry, forgive the term woo-woo type of person, but I, I just got chills across my body. And I knew from that moment, I was like, well, I think that's the universe in the form of my daughter telling me that I need to make a change myself. So I really, um, I was just kind of thinking about that when you were telling your story. Pretty a beautiful amazing. story. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? And then I, of course, wonder, like, did I make all that up? Like, is that like a weird half <laughs> I had? Or, you know, maybe she was like telling me that she wanted a, a lollipop or something. I don't know. But um, anyway, the universe sends you messages. And you, if you're open to it, you can interpret them and make meaning however you want. Things like that can unlock your thinking in a way, maybe your subconscious thinking, and it doesn't even have to be the the, the sign that you get doesn't even have to be um, explicit. It can just be something like that you interpret in a certain way and it helps you. I mean, I think we do that in coaching a lot, right? Sometimes you ask a question and the person that you're coaching goes, wow, that's really amazing and insightful. And you're like, uh, I really didn't, you, you've taken it somewhere where I didn't mean to take it, but okay, great. If it's, if it's working for you, fantastic. So yeah. So I have a question for both of you. I mean, I think this is very relatable for, you know, amongst all three of us, but my question is, do you guys think um, an executive coach is born or made? It's a great question. I have never considered that. I mean, I guess if I don't have a door number three and I have to pick born or made, I think that they're, I'll speak for myself. So that's all I can go with, right? I, I think there's an innate tendency to want to support other people. Right. And I think that can get reinforced with with time and experience. But I do I do happen to think that you or one is born with an appetite to want to support others, help them grow, help them reach their potential in an authentic way that's meaningful to them, whatever shape or flavor that is. And like anything, you get better with experience. Right. So the coaching I was doing three and a half years ago is a lot different than I'm doing now. Not not fundamentally in terms of my intention, but in terms of my skill and and my experience and what I've seen and how I can help support people. But to be honest, I think that it, it's it's within me and it's just part of my DNA and something I really get a lot of joy out of. That's probably the best I can do with that question. It's a good one. Donovan? <laughs> I'll take a take that's maybe 20 degrees off of what you said, because <laughs> I do not feel like I was born to help others, et cetera. I've had a couple life experiences where I was put into situations where I needed to help others. And I found that I was good at it in a way that I, I found resources within myself that I didn't know I had. So that's part of it. But when I think about coaching, it was certainly something I thought I was doing. And then I got training and I realized, oh, that's really how you do it. So certainly like I wasn't a pure natural in that sense. The second thing is that when I think about my motivation for doing it, I do want to help people, but that's almost secondary to, I'm really curious about people. So Andy, like you, I was an English major, but specifically I was a creative writing major. And I mm -hmm. early part of my career was 
I won't say successful, but aimed at um, filmmaking and writing, screenwriting, things like that. So I've always been really curious about character, about what motivates people, about how people react in challenging situations. And I think I've just recently kind of come to the realization that part of my passion and appetite for coaching people is that I'm curious about people. I love to think about how people react, how that's based on their inner value sets and and how they work to overcome conflict and obstacles and things like that. So I kind of almost come at it from like a, you know, my my love of fiction writing in a weird way. But but I do generally agree, like, I think that whatever that driver is, it is something that you have to, as with most professions, like, it really helps to have some inner basis for why you're motivated to do it. And, and that's a that's a real head start, I think, in being good at something. Andy, I want to ask you, though, so when you think about your practice, whether as a one-on-one coach or you said, you know, the one-to-many work, uh, facilitated workshops, things like that, what are your beats? What's your area of the sandbox, if you will? What do you what do you consider your sort of your specialty areas? I think it's it's a moving target a bit. I could I'd say that to date I've had the fortune of having a breadth of experiences. So I've been relatively industry agnostic, right? So I've worked with people across different spaces, even though my background is in tech companies, large and small. I really enjoy people that this may seem obvious that are really game for the exploration, right? So you can at least I can sort of figure out pretty quickly if people want the quick fix of like the thing or the destination, right? Right out the, even though they don't know where it is, you know, I do like working with leaders at these growth stage companies um, because typically they're pretty committed to taking the actions that you set before them. But in terms of where I found my beats, I love that expression, by the way, before this, I've really enjoyed the career transformation piece to date. So folks that are kind of did what I did, which is do one thing and really want to switch gears to have something more fulfilling. I bring a lot of empathy to that because I know how hard it is. And so that's been a passion of mine. I like just, I just like opportunities to be direct with people. I like people that I can be fun with and humorous with. I mean, like this is supposed to be fun. I mean, like one point I'm going to ask, like, I like, the humor, I think, gets lost in the growth sometimes. Like it has to be a serious process. It doesn't. So Andy, as a recent joiner to Avion a couple months in, let's look forward a year from now. What we, what do you want to be able to say about your first year at Avion um, that you know will indicate that it was a good choice and that you've been successful? I would say that if I'm still as happy and content or more so as I am now, it will have been a win. And I think... What that will speak to is, was I able to try a bunch of new things? Was I able to learn and teach internally? Um, Was I able to have a lot of fun in the process? Certainly, you know, our, our job or one of our responsibilities is to bring in business. Like, that's fun for me, too. I love the idea that I get to wear multiple hats I get to deploy the work, I get to coach, I get to bring in new opportunities, I get to help shepherd along uh, a firm that is growing and that is doing great work and be a part of that. All those things, you know, fill my buckets. And so if I look to a year from now, I probably have a better answer for the what are your beats? (laughs) Because the reality is, is that I, I'm still learning all the time. Like I've had a wealth of experiences and I have plenty more to have. 
And so I've always been hesitant to pigeonhole myself in anything. I'm this guy, I'm that guy, I'm the guy for this. I think one of my, if I were, you know, to be self-reflective and hopefully not, you know, overly confident is I'm pretty agile. And I think not only with just different types of people, but different types of work. It's like, okay, here's a baseline for this. How can I make it work for me that also works for the client? And so for me, I have a background in something, but that's not to say that's going to dictate what I'm going to do. I do love this idea of new manager trainings. It's something that we, you know, we've talked about. It's really important to help people who are in responsibility roles level up their EQ. It's mission critical, especially now for retention and um, a landscape of layoffs across the board. Like if we can have a dent or make a dent, I should say, in having people show up better for the people that rely on them, that's a huge win. Right. So that's a big part of it. I also love the fact, and this is one of the reasons that I'm so bullish on being at Avion, is I love coaching leaders and executives because if we do well and we support them in a way that lands well with them, the ripple effect can be huge. It can be huge for all the people reporting them, the people in their lives. It's really this top down approach of like getting the best version of themselves to permeate the whole business. And that's really important. And so for me, a year from now, I'm doing this, I'm doing more of it. You know, I can find stuff in the Google Drive a little bit better, you know, little things. Uh, the- Hopefully that answers your question. That was a bit long winded. Well, actually, Nazma, I want to ask you the same thing because, you know, I know you, I think you've been here a little over a year now. Yeah. I've been here a year. A lot longer, but what, yeah, where do you, where, what does success look like for you a year from now? I would say, do I still, so if I still um, trust, respect, and enjoy my colleagues, right? So that's one element. The other, I'll borrow a bit from Andy, you know, am I learning and, and trying new things, right? Um, you know, lifelong learner, love learning different ways of doing things and incorporating it into, into the way that I practice. And third would be, have I made a difference, right? Even if it's just to, you know, with my coaching clients, not have I changed the world, but have I helped that person to Andy's point, you know, be their best self um, and cover something that they've been not wanting to acknowledge or face or, you know, deal with um, and helping them get past it and really get to a point where they're more, they are more fulfilled. For me, that's the measure of success. I will answer for myself, which is that, I don't want to make it sound too big, but you guys have both kind of gone there. So I feel like I've been uh, given the permission structure. I feel like it's a big moment in the world to Andy's point about where there's so much uncertainty and there's so much we're still we're really trying to redefine what it even means to work. And I think that not to give ourselves aggrandize ourselves too much because we operate, you know, more with individuals and sometimes it has ripples into organizations. But I just, I do feel like the work is important. And I think if a year from now, I still feel like we're doing important work and that we've helped the people, at least in our orbit, come to a a deeper level of acceptance and engagement with the, whatever it is that they choose to do for work. And they're able to navigate that and their family life and who they want to be in society. I think that's a very worthy endeavor, even if it's just for the 10 or 20 people that we, you know, coach individually or whatever it may be. So it is weird. I didn't think that I'd have such a sense of mission and purpose in that way. And I'm probably going to 
cringe when I listen back to this, but I really do feel that way. I think that we can really make small but very significant contributions to the well-being of society through the work we do, frankly. 100%. I, I, I appreciate both the way you shared. And, and also, like, this is just a crazy unique time from a working standpoint, right? Like, we hit the pandemic, the pendulum swung so far one way, right? About like, everyone's on Zoom, working remotely, industries got crushed, layoffs, you know, we experienced that in my house, too. And then it's swinging back. And suddenly, like, you know, at least in some industries, like everyone was hiring, right? It was DJ's choice if you were an employee. And then very quickly, it swung back in massive layoffs. And people are trying to, you know, decide whether they need to go back to the office or not. And what's a hybrid? And what does it mean to sort of learn and be mentored in person? And, you know, are we losing something by not being in an office together? And, you know, what's the value of of, of Zoom? And, and so we're in this, as far as I can tell, uncharted waters about, and, and I think it's fascinating and a little anxiety provoking and kind of cool all at once. And I think helping people navigate these waters is a really uh, interesting and fulfilling challenge because it's not just the, hey, how are you showing up? It's like, where are you showing up? And what's the impact of not showing up somewhere? And like I said, that pendulum keeps swinging and you know who knows where it lands, but it's tricky right now and people are feeling it. And if we can help them navigate, I think that's uh, all the better. So that, that's what's fun for me. All right. I have one last question. I will preface it by saying coaching is never scripted, but we all have our go-to questions. I will leave it to either of you to go first. What is your favorite coaching question? My favorite question is why? It, it, just simply, whatever it is that said, why? Why do you think that is? Why do you feel that way? Just, you know, why? Um, and I also, I'm a huge fan of metaphors. And so I love working with folks to identify like what is the metaphor they're going to utilize to keep them on track on their journey. So I like bringing that in as well. I think one that I'm pretty consistent with for behavioral changes and what's been the cost of that? Let's let's talk. Let's talk about what that repeated behavior has yielded you. Let's let's name the cost and let that be sort of in your mind and sort of in your being to choose a different path for it that will yield more favorable results. I love that question. Donovan, how about you? Yeah, I have I have two. Well, one of them was pretty similar to Andy's. Uh, it was sort of like uh, what what's at stake for you? And again, that comes back to my my screenwriting and, and fiction background, you always want to know what's at stake in any given situation for your characters. And so the hero's I, journey. Hero's journey. That's exactly yeah. right. I'm asking people what's at stake. And then also probably driven from my uh, background as a, as a, as a writer is, um, well, what else could you try? Right. Because I think people, they try one thing and if it doesn't work, they say, well, I tried something. It didn't work. And now it, it uh, validates my original assumption that I'm just unable to do this thing. And I love just, some version of, well, what else can you try and what else and what else, right? Because if you have a growth mindset or if you're on the hero's journey, whoever you may be, Luke Skywalker or Beowulf or Odysseus or whoever it may be, there's always something else you can try if you're cunning. And I think that um, I try to get my leaders to be cunning. All right, Andy. Well, this has been great. It's been so it's so nice to have you uh, on board at Avion and it's been really great getting to know you a little bit better. So thank you for your time. Thank yeah, you all. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic. Donovan, always at the helm, doing a great job. Andy, so happy to have had you uh, as a guest and to have you as a part of our of our firm. Cool. Thank you, guys. This was this was fun. 
This has been Elevated Thinking from Avion Consulting. If you've got an idea for a future episode topic, or perhaps you want to come on and be a guest yourself, feel free to reach out to us at avionconsulting.com. See you next time.